An impenetrable defense. Separatist ships blockade the resource-rich planet of Christophsis, trapping Senator Bail Organa and his relief effort. Desperate to aid the esteemed Senator, a Republic task force under the command of Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker must break the impasse. But time runs short for the Senator and the good citizens of Christophsis. Once again, Bucketheads, Star Wars Clone Wars Rewatch Mondays. Mayvar Tigar, and welcome to the 80th strategically stealthy episode of Mandovision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is via social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert, and if possible, so inclined. Sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. The best and easiest way to help support small independent podcasts like us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle, and uh, to stealthily sneak around that algorithm and let people know that we're doing good stuff over here on the Mandalorian Podcast. And we thank you so much for taking the time to do that in advance. All right, we have got a great episode. I'm really stoked to talk about this one. This is uh, this is season two, episode sixteen, Cat and Mouse. The original air date was March 26, twenty ten, and uh, boy, oh boy, is this. You know, we've gone back to Christophsis a couple different times throughout our rewatch on uh, on on this show. And listen, if you're either into Christophsis or you're not, one of the things about going to Christophsis though is that it, it reminds us that Star Wars The Clone Wars is not always a show being told in chronological order. You know, and I know that's something we've talked about uh, at a couple different points in our rewatch of, of these episodes. This is another example of that, of an episode that's going back, and at, at least at this point of the series, is chronologically the first one that takes place uh, in, in, in this Clone Wars uh, series. I think it even... Uh, I think it even works before the events of the Clone Wars movie. If I remember correctly in the movie, Obi-Wan and Anakin are pulled off Christophsis to go aid in the, in the rescue of, of Jabba's child. So, you know, that, that's something to always pay attention to. And, you know, we're in a stretch right now where I believe this is the fifth episode in a row with Noah Ahsoka Tano. And when it comes to an episode like this, it's because Ahsoka's not been introdu- introduced to these characters yet. So something, something to keep in mind as we, as we sort of continue to dive into the series Ooh, turn that music down just a touch too fast there sorry about that and meant to fade it a little bit more what are you gonna do you know amateur hour over here in the podcast i'll talk to the engineer we'll get him out of here no time what are you gonna do <laughs> let's get into our plot for this week's episode though anakin is tasked to fly a prototype cloaked ship to get supplies to bail organa on christophsis but he can't resist an urge to attack a blockade headed by the infamous admiral trench now, this week's episode, directed by Kyle Dunleavy, written by Brian Larson, with Drewzy Greenberg once again stepping on board as the uh, story editor for the season. Our, ca- our voice cast for this week's episode, Matt Lanter is Anakin Skywalker, Tom Kane is the narrator and Admiral Yularen, 
D. Bradley Baker, once again, is the Clone Troopers, Commander Cody and Admiral Trench. James Arnold Taylor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Phil Lamar is Bail Organa and the Tactical Droid. Tactical Droid, excuse me. And Matthew Wood as the Battle Droids. Uh, and that's another thing to point out in this episode, too. Again, going back to the chronology-ish uh, topic. Um, because, again, this is the first in the series, basically, uh, as far as the timeline goes. Uh, we're seeing Anakin and Yularen, who don't really know each other well at this point. Like They, they seem to have been thrust together. And they're 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 just beginning to get to know each other, beginning their relationship with one another, and uh, it's it's again more interesting stuff as as we sort of flesh out the Star Wars, the Clone Wars, Clone Wars universe that we're that we're inhabiting, and and it's exciting. Uh, I know sometimes some people in the audience they don't care for like the non-linear storytelling uh, when it comes to shows like this because because the Clone Wars has jumped around the timeline and you're never quite sure where things are falling. But again, since we're at Christophsis, that is an indicator that we are at the beginning, the beginning of the the Clone Wars universe. If if you want to shrink it down, you know, uh, <laughs> that's an interesting way to explain it, to shrink it down. But like, if you were to focus just on the animated adventures in the Clone Wars era, this is technically first. So our Jedi fortune cookie for this episode: a wise leader knows when to follow. And I, uh, again, another one that's not uh, too deep thinking. There's not a lot of double meaning in that one. Uh, but yeah, Gilar and Anakin, again, kind of figuring out their dynamic, uh, when to push, when to pull. And, and Anakin more at odds with Obi-Wan in this episode as, as they sort of were towards the end of Attack of the Clones and, and, and these early chronologically, chronological episodes where they were a little bit more um, sort of, they were sort of sorting out their feelings on things. I think Obi-Wan had some hurt feelings after Attack of the Clones and, and everything that happened on Geonosis. And then Anakin was uh, sort of stretching his legs a little, maybe a little too far, kind of getting, putting himself a little too far out there for uh, someone who was, uh, yes, a, a Jedi Knight by the end of Attack of the Clones, but still very much an apprentice to Obi-Wan. And, and so they, they, again, that interesting dynamic between the two is, is so much fun. And so full of possibilities to explore. And, uh, and again, they're much more even now in the Clone Wars era. You know, Anakin has been promoted, and I, I think Obi-Wan kind of chafes against that. And again, I think there are some some hurt feelings for what occurred during the events of Episode 2. So we'll have to see about that. And again, Obi-Wan, always suspicious. I think he's always been suspicious of, of Anakin and his relationship with Padme. But he, he sort of refuses, because of his connection to Anakin, sort of refuses to go too deep on that. But it is kind of interesting to see uh, Obi-Wan chafing against his more independent Anakin now that he is a full-fledged knight and he's on his own. Uh, so so something to pay attention to when we're in these earlier uh, timeline. <laughs> I'm tripping over my words a little bit here, but you know what I mean. This is earlier in that, that part of their relationship where Obi's struggling to deal with Anakin on his own, and he, does, he doesn't necessarily follow his orders all the time. It, it was a lot easier to yell at Anakin when he was just a Padawan, not so much anymore. That's all I've been trying to say about that. All right, so let's get into the episode proper. You know what that means? It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Fire all forward cannons. Cut off those Republic supply ships. Separate them from their escort cruisers. I smell fear. And it smells good. So this episode starts, and we're in the thick of it. We're above the, uh, we're we're in the space above uh, Christophsis. Battle is raging between the Separatist blockade and the Republic cruisers that are attempting to break that blockade to bring supplies and relief efforts to the people of Christophsis and to Bail Organa, who's trapped on the surface of the planet. It's Admiral Yularen. It's Anakin. They're waiting for reinforcements from General Kenobi. 
And uh, we also get our first taste of Admiral Trench, who we, we played that sound clip from before. Uh, we will find out uh, shortly after the introduction of the stealth ship that that this plot is, is, is centered, sort of centered around, Yularen uh, has had history going up against Admiral Trench, so he knows the tactics, he knows that Trench is a formidable foe. And I think that, that sort of history between these two is, is uh, really interesting because, remember, prior to the events of the Clone Wars, uh, it, it's, you know, star systems have a military presence, but there's no, no Grand Army of the Republic at, the, at that point. So in, any uh, space battles going on uh, are between species and systems, star systems and, and things of that nature. Uh, it's, it's not conflicts that the Republic is, is too want to get involved in. Remember, they're, they're more about policing and... and things of that nature. Like, it's almost like a, you know, a galactic United Nations in that sense. I guess the United Nations does have a peacekeeping aspect, and I think the Republic does as well, but not an active military in, in that sense. Uh, so it's interesting to see that there is a history between them. Uh, Admiral Trench, I think, is a really interesting villain. Um, I, we don't know a ton about him. He is a, a, a Harak is the name of his species. He very much looks like a giant walking, talking tarantula, which uh, is scary to me because I do not care for the spiders. Uh, also, like Indiana Jones, I do not care for the snakes. Uh, but yeah, spiders are just as creepy. Give me the heebie-jeebies as well. His homeworld is his homeworld. Excuse me, is Secundus Anno, and uh, yeah, again, a very interesting species. He's a very uh, crafty character. At the you know getting ahead to our to the finale episode, it would appear that Anakin has not only defeated Admiral Trench but killed Admiral Trench as well with his own weapons. Uh, we find Admiral Trench. Admiral Trench does return later on in the series, uh, but but a very different version of himself. He, uh, he has a lot of on his left side of his body. He's very uh, cybernetic at that point. You know, the the damage that that was dealt to him was uh, pretty pretty intense. So when he does return later on in the series, uh, he has a much different appearance than what we've seen before. Though, uh, the, in, in, in what I can only describe as, as a sort of weird um, 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 Star Wars-y cyberneticisms, uh, like everything on him is, is cybernetic to mirror his other half. So uh, the, the, the whole, like the mandible that he has on his right side is, is replicated as a, as a cybernetic piece on his left side. It's very, very interesting stuff. And, and he's a character, I think he even men- he appears in the episode of The Clone Wars in the final season that introduces us to the Bad Batch. I think it's just as a hologram, but again, you see Trench in that as well. So he, he does pop up here and there, and I think he's even referenced in the Admiral Tarkin, or I'm sorry, the book is just Tarkin, but the book about Will of Tarkin's sort of rise, if you will. So a, a character who I think is interesting, and again, I liked that we had a uh, history going up against uh, Admiral Yularen from the Republic. So he analyzes, you know, Yularen analyzes these tactics, and he's like, no, it can't be. This is the work of Trench. And, and Trench is also very interesting in the sense that, you know, he's commanding these, this droid army and the Separatist forces, uh, but he's sort of, like, detailed his, his ship. Uh, it has, like, like, a paint job on there. It's got, like, some eyes, and it looks like it has, like, a mouth. Like, it's very, uh, very unique amongst the Separatists as far as, like, the, personaliza- the level of personalization that's gone into uh, his ship. So uh, Obi-Wan's forces arrive... And uh, the Republic pulls back a little bit while they reassess how they're going to attack this blockade because Obi-Wan has a little surprise that he wants to present to Anakin. And so uh, he has shown the starship, the stealth starship, and, and not just like stealth. I mean, like it, it fully cloaks. Like you don't see it. Like Anakin almost walks right into it when it's first introduced. So let me go ahead and play the little clip here where, where Obi-Wan and Anakin talk about, about the starship, about this prototype starship and, and its capabilities. Let's check it out. That's some trick. 
Let's hope the Separatists think so. So I assume scanners can't detect it? As far as we know, but this is the first real field test. That's encouraging. I figured you'd be up to the challenge. So, I can move in undetected and take them out from behind. That's a pretty small ship to destroy a whole fleet. Are there more? No. This is the prototype, and you won't be on the offensive. I need you to run a mercy mission down to the planet's surface. The ship can carry enough supplies for Senator Organa's headquarters. Oh, I'm still the delivery boy? We don't need the whole fleet. I can do this myself. Anakin, slow down and do what I tell you. It's more important to save lives than destroy ships. I need you to continue the mercy mission. All right, so there we go. That's that's sort of like what I was talking about before, where where Kenobi's sort of used to uh, uh, telling Anakin what to do, and again, they're they're very much on an even playing field at this point in their relationship. So uh, Anakin obviously chafes against that, but it, it's interesting. It, of course, obviously, I think Obi Wan is right. The relief effort has to come first, but uh, Anakin's always on the attack. Another aspect of this episode that's interesting to to, to follow up on is because it is chronologically earlier in the series, uh, Anakin doesn't quite have his reputation yet. He's not known for the, the the aggressive battle tactics, so no one really knows what to expect when they when they encounter him. And it, it's a uh, again, it's a neat little thing here to kind of go back in time and see a, a earlier era of not era, but an earlier period in the war where you know the clone troopers who battled with him directly know what Anakin's capable of. But it's not a reputation that that's just, that's gone through the Republic. You know, uh, Anakin is not a, quite the hero of the Republic at this point, and and I think that's a again an interesting thing to kind of go back into and, and see this earlier period of Anakin's time, uh, as just as as he's getting his uh, feet under him as a general in the Grand Army. And uh, so the next thing I want to play is a clip. This is going to be, be from when uh, Yularen is re researching and comes across. You know, all the, you know, he's inputting the data and he's coming in for like, oh, this symbol and all this stuff that clearly points to this being Admiral Trench. He's not dead like you thought he was, you know, way back when in the last time you encountered him. So uh, he's going to relay that information to Anakin and I wanted to play that sequence for you guys to so check that out. What have you got? Something about this morning's engagement struck me as familiar. So I did a bit of research. And? I believe the opposing commander is none other than Admiral Trench. If I remember my military history, wasn't he vaporized at the Battle of Malastare and Arrows? That's what I thought too. But the tactics employed, the efficiency of the droids' maneuvers, and then there's this. The last time I saw that symbol, well, let's just say I lost a lot of good men that day. What do I need to know? I have seen his work firsthand. A corporate fleet was blockading Malastare. Let me pause right there for a second. He says a corporate fleet. Uh, now, this might be a callback to some old-school Star Wars stuff right there. Uh, you know, back when the first movie hit big, you know, there's a lot of spin-off. Uh, the, there were a few novelizations that came out around the time. You know, like, we all know about Splinter of the Mind's Eye by Alan Dean Foster, but there was a whole Han Solo trilogy by Brian Daly, and one of those books was Han Solo in the corporate sector. Uh, so that might be a callback to the old Brian Daly Han Solo uh, novels that that predate the events of uh, a new hope and so I was just kind of uh, curious do you all you all think so you all feel the same way that's kind of where my head's at let me get back to you Lauren's story right now a fleet led by trench that's why I recognize the tactics he tore our ships apart we barely escaped with our lives in the end a Jedi led task force moved in to settle the matter trench's ship was destroyed 
and we assumed he went down with it. Hmm. Are you sure it's him? It's possible. Not every captain goes down with his ship. Well, we may be in luck then, Admiral. My orders are not to engage Trench, just to deliver supplies to Senator Organa. With all due respect, General, I do not believe we will have a choice in the matter. If it is indeed Trench, he will come for us. Us? Yes. I am volunteering my services as consultant, General. Welcome aboard. Next in the episode, we're introduced to some new clone, a new clone pilot who's coming on board to help with this, this uh, new stealth ship. And uh, this is what, in my opinion, becomes like the highlight of this episode. And, and maybe because it speaks to uh, something I have a great affinity for, which is the classic uh, World War II submarine movies like Run Silent, Run Deep. Uh, and, and that's kind of sort of what this section of the episode becomes. Uh, the stealth ship is... is it's, it's sort of run like a submarine. Like when you go stealth, like you become as quiet as possible. And they do a lot in this episode to kind of play into that, you know, with the way the sonar, the radar, the, the sort of space radar that they use in Star Wars becomes like sonar on the submarines, the way it's pinging the torpedoes and tracking everything. Uh, you can hear all those elements that you would hear in, in uh, any submarine movie, like, like even, you know, like the, the modern classics, like, uh, like, you know, hunt for red October, uh, uh, the Widowmaker, uh, uh, U571. You know, you you can watch any submarine movie and kind of see what they're going for with this episode. And and again, the one that reminded me most, most strongly of is uh, the old classic uh, "Run Silent, Run Deep" from uh, from from uh, I think Clark Gable's in that one, if I do believe. And again, a little bit of DOS boot to the other great classic World War II submarine flick, and and that does such a wonderful job of like ratcheting up this tension. Again, in an in an animated series, in a Star Wars animated series, where you you know Anakin's not dying, um, so like it's sort of predetermined that somehow, some way, our heroes will get out of this. Uh, but it's one of the one of the finer touches of the episode to to make us feel that tension, like the the sort of high stakes that are on the line here if they do not complete their mission, and and how how important it is to be stealthy. And you know we also have to kind of consider. Uh, uh, stealth and cloaking devices in Star Wars. They were mentioned uh, in Empire Strikes Back, you know, when the Millennium Falcon turns and makes an attack run on the Star Destroyer as, as it's coming out of the asteroid field around Hoth. Uh, and, and they disappear off the radars. And that's, that's of course, when, when Han latches the Falcon onto the back of, of the, the Star Destroyer's conning tower. And, and he says, impossible. No ship that small has a cloaking device. And you have to ask yourself, like, why, why are cloaking, cloaking devices not as prominent in, in Star Wars as they are in Star Trek? Is it because it's more of a known commodity in Star Trek? You know, they sort of, like, wink at the existence of them, but they never really kind of go deep on why uh, they're not as, as, as featured as they were in Star Trek. And, you know, they get a little bit into it uh, with the old... With the, with the original Timothy Zahn novels, you know, the original Thrawn trilogy uh, talks about cloaking devices to an extent, uh, but they, they employ them in a, different, in, a, in a different sense than what we have here, where the ship is uh, invisible to the eyes and to the electronics that would normally detect them. Uh, and, and so that was something I, I, I was sort of pondered uh, watching this episode. I was like, why hasn't Star Wars ever really gone deep on, on cloaking and stealth technology and, and things like that? And I, my assumption is that it's just too Star Trek, and they don't want to ever kind of seem like the other one. Just like Star Trek's always maintained itself being Star Trek, uh, for the most part. 
we're not counting Discovery at this point. We're, we're just kind of staying in classic Trek for that comparison. Uh, but yeah, you know, they were like, oh, well, that's, that's kind of Star Trek's thing, cloak ships. You know, we don't want to, like, you know, drink from their, their, their punch bowl necessarily. Uh, but something to consider, something to wonder. And if, if, if any listeners out there, if you guys have a better explanation or a better theory even of, of why cloaking uh, technology is not as prevalent in Star Wars as it is in Star Trek, please, by all means, share it with me. I'd love to know more. Uh, maybe it's something I've forgotten or just outright don't know. And, and please, by all means, share it and, and help enrich my life so I know these things. I, I would be delighted to hear it. Uh, so uh, because, of the, again, like I was saying about that tension, uh, like a submarine movie, you know, uh, Trench deploys these hyena bombers, and they're going to go on a bombing run uh, on Organa and and the people on the surface who are sort of stranded and running low on supplies. Uh, so these these hyena bombers are being deployed from Trench's ship as Anakin's sneaking around them, but because they can't tell if the cloaking device is actually working or not, there's a moment where 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 the everyone thinks they're about to be under attack from these hyena bombers, and again, a great moment of tension on the episode where we have to decide, where Anakin has to make the decision, are they coming for him or are they doing something else? Uh, so he shuts down power, they stay cloaked, and the ships do fly by. But it's at this point that that we, we that Anakin and everyone else realizes they're going to the surface. They're, they're doing a bombing run on the people on Bale. And uh, this is when Bale Organa has to make a, another plea for help. This time he, he's addressing General Kenobi directly. Uh, and the reason why I want to play this clip is because it's, it's, it's very obvious. The The... Uh, heavy, heavily <laughs> it's, it's a heavy reference to, to Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. But this time from the mouth of Bail Organa and not his adopted daughter, Leia Organa. So check this out. We are under attack by the Separatist fleet. They're coming by air and by ground. We can't hold out any longer. There's little chance for survival. Help us, General Kenobi. You are our only hope. Get me Anakin. <laughs> Get me Anakin. I love it. Now Kenobi orders Anakin to continue to deliver the relief efforts. Do not stop. Do not try to attack Trench. Anakin's going to disobey that order, as, as is his prerogative, because he's Anakin Skywalker. He wants to take the attention off the bombing runs on the planet and focus on them. So he sort of alerts them to their presence. He draws attention away from his bombing runs to focus on the stealth ship that's now attacking against them. Uh, it's a bold plan by Anakin, uh, and it's sort of... Uh, requires Anakin to show off a bit, and and we get to see Anakin piling that ship like a champ, as as Trench tries to blow him out of the out of space. Uh, but Anakin pilots like a beast, and this is when Trench realizes that a Jedi is at the helm of the ship. So at this point now, Trench is going to make a communique, and I want to play this portion of the conversation uh, as it, it, as this scene cuts to as this communication is coming in and and the uh, the clones detect it and they're going to go tell General Skywalker about it. Admiral Yularen is is very frustrated that they've given up their their advantage of stealth technology. That now that Trench knows he's out there, he will come and and uh, hunt them down. And uh, you know, or again, we're going to get some vital information out of this conversation. But you know, Yularen is not going to underestimate Trench, and it, it sort of feels like Anakin again, as Anakin is wont to be is a touch overconfident in his own abilities and his own uh, tactics. But much like, much like how the Clone Wars goes, and, uh, Anakin more right than, than he is wrong. But let's play this communication from Trench for Anakin. Here we go. Now that they know we are here, what's your plan? I'll think of something, Admiral. In the meantime, I've got Trench right where I want him, thinking about us. General, there's a transmission on the open frequency. It's the enemy. Put it through. 
Hello, ugly. I am Admiral Trench. If you are listening, Jedi, you've made a bold move and a grave mistake. I appreciate your decision to face me ship to ship to play this little game. It's been so long since I had a worthy opponent. You have an impressive new vessel. But I warn you, I have dealt with its kind before. Your technology will not save you, and your friends on the planet below shall perish as a result of your failure. The people of Christopsis and her resources shall join the Separatist Alliance. Turn back now. Retreat while you can, for I am your doom. All right, so that's good stuff there. A lot going on there. You heard the different uh, changes in, in the way pitches, uh, not in the in the pitch of, of his voice, and that's because uh, Anakin's not the only one watching that communication. We were watching the clones, the clone troopers react to the to the to the message from Trench, sort of instilling that fear again as this this vessel that can cloak itself is now going to be hunted. Uh, but but Trench has revealed something, and so uh, he's going to make a, Anakin's going to make a request out of Obi Wan to to figure out. How, just how Trench has been able to defeat stealth ships in the past. So something very, very, very interesting to, to consider uh, for Anakin and his tactics moving forward. So Trench is analyzing Anakin's tactics. He realizes that Anakin is rather aggressive. Uh, but now Kenobi's going to deliver some vital information to Yularen and Anakin. And let's go ahead and play that out as, as they sort of have deduced uh, through examples, like the, the histories, the battle histories, what Trench might be up to here. Check it out. You are right, Admiral. There are records of Trench's battles, and a few against ships with cloaking devices. And? It seems in each case he used tracking torpedoes to hit the ship somehow, whether it was cloaked or not. Then he knows a way of detecting us. Tracking torpedoes? Hmm. What class ship was he fighting? Mostly cruiser to cruiser, nothing as small as your ship. Well, no ship this small usually has a cloaking device. Maybe he's tracking the magnetic signature. Thanks, Obi-Wan. Hold off your attack until we destroy Trench. Might I remind you that this was not your mission? You might. Admiral, prepare. All right, there we go. So Anakin's about to go on the offensive once again. He's going to use the ship to lure Trench into lowering his shields. He's going to use those tracking tor torpedoes against Admiral Trench. And as you might expect, Anakin, uh, again, those aggressive tactics come in rather handy as he has formulated a plan very, very quickly. A, a very again, again, a very much a strength of Anakin's here is is, you know, he he might come across as a tad arrogant and overconfident, uh, but his tactics are sound and uh, again asserting himself as a true hero of the Republic with with some of these audacious maneuvers that that send a, a uh, conservative general like Kenobi uh, in all sorts of fits. And uh, uh, again, it's sort of it's sort of fun to watch that dynamic of of the of the sort of bewildered Kenobi watching Anakin uh, revel in his own uh, success, in, in a sense. In, 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 he, Anakin's very much in his environment in the Clone Wars, let's put it that way. But let's go ahead and check out this. I got one more, one more sequence for you, and then we'll get out of here. He has headed right for us. Can't raise the shields! We cannot. The shields are still recharging. Ah! 
And that is the moment when Admiral Trench realizes he has been outmaneuvered by Anakin Skywalker. And again, the music is fantastic, really ratchets to help, again, keeps the tension high in an episode where we know the outcome. We know Anakin's not dying, but Anakin's cunning, uh, his cunning being a cunning pilot, his aggressiveness in the battle, his taking Trench's tactics and using them against him, uh, lends itself to a fantastic episode as he is now going to blow up Admiral Trench with his own missiles here. And it's a very uh, Star Trek moment, actually. And, and you know, again, we, we referenced Star Trek already with the cloaking devices. Uh, the, the music score reminds me a lot of Star Trek II Wrath of Khan. Uh, and there's a lot of elements to kind of uh, uh, be like that. But it's sort of like an inverse, to me at least, it was sort of a, this episode was sort of an inverse of uh, Star Trek VI, the, uh, what was that, the Undiscovered Country, where the Klingons have the cloaked ship, and they, they believe they have supremacy because they can move around and fire while cloaked. Uh, but it's the Enterprise that, that tracks uh, the, the, uh, the emissions from it, the fuel, the fuel pipe, right? Or the, what is, I forget what Uhura says exactly. The, the thing's got to have a tailpipe, I think is, is her line. So they modify a torpedo to track that. This is sort of like the inverse of that. And then as, as Trench's own torpedoes are coming back at him, following Anakin as he, as he runs the ship right across the bridge of the Separatist battlecruiser, um, there's, there's almost like that look that, that Admiral Krang gives. Kang, Kang, Ad, Chang, sorry, excuse me. It's, it's Admiral Chang of the Klingon Imperial Militia, <laughs> uh, played by uh, the late, great Christopher Plummer. Uh, that, you know, Trench sort of reminds me of him in the, in the way that he knows his fate is sort of sealed at that point. At least that's what we think until we see Trench pop up later. And I think it's like episode or season six that that Trench sort of returns with that cybernetic features on on himself. So we're so really strong stuff, really great uh, episode, action packed. I love the submarine stuff, but let's go ahead and close it out. One more conversation between Anakin and Yularen after a successful mission. Well, looks like we make a pretty good team. I must admit, I am a bit surprised at the reckless nature of your tactics. Though I cannot argue with our results. <laughs> well, you'll find I like to do things uh, differently from time to time. Indeed. The Chancellor mentioned as much, though he insisted it was the highest compliment. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. And I dug the crap out of this episode. I really, really enjoyed it. And again, I meant, I'm not going to lie. I have that soft spot for the World War II submarine movies, and even the modern-day submarines. I lo- I, I'll watch Hunt for Red October any day of the week. You put it on TV, and I will watch it, watch it, watch it. So I, I love that element. I love that sort of World War II tension. And again, that's very much in the vein of what Lucas was always going for. Uh, uh, World War II, heavy influence, obviously, on Star Wars. And, you know, we haven't talked about that probably in, in a lot of great detail. We've, we've kind of kept it to more of the cinematic influences. But, yeah, World War II, big, big influence, the Empire. In case you didn't notice... Space fascists. I mean, <laughs> it's it's pretty, you know, it's it's a pretty even exchange ratio uh, as far as that goes. So, a nice callback to some some other influences on on the Star Wars universe that we know and love so much. So yeah, a rock solid episode, and and you know, even just talking about it, I got more excited the more I broke it down. I think initially I gave it an eight. I think I give it like an eight and a half. I really dig this one. It's a it's a lot of fun. The space battles are top notch. Trench is a great villain. I'm glad they did bring him back. And uh, Anakin asserts himself uh, with, with, I think, a wonderful confidence and resolve and, and uh, you know, out, outshines Obi-Wan in this episode by far. As, as Obi-Wan would have, play, would have played it safe and just, you know, delivered the supplies. Anakin 
not only delivers the supplies, he delivers a victory against the Separatist forces, and that's always exciting. And then uh, also you have the forging of his relationship with Admiral Yularen. Again, they have an up-and-down relationship, as, as Yularen is the, is the the military tactician guy, and, and Anakin is like the, the wild card, the X-Factor. But I really, really dug it. It's a blast. And, yeah, you can't, you can't, it, this is a great episode. I really, really dig it. And it definitely, as much as I enjoyed Senate Murders, this definitely turns the knot, the, the, this ratchets things up again as, as we begin to make our way to the final episodes of Season 2. And, and I dig it. Yeah, I dig it. And again, remember the, remember the chronology. Technically, this is first. This is the first thing after the Battle of Geonosis. You know, this is, this is chronologically, this is one of, the, one of the first battles after Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. So exciting stuff. Though I guess there's probably a little bit more time in there because you know Anakin did have to grow his hair out a bit from from Episode Two. You know, and and you know we can all check the wedding photos to to verify that. I'm assuming Padme has a wedding album somewhere stashed. C-3PO is probably guarding it with his life. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Maybe not. Anyways, <laughs> that is it for the episode. I dug this one. How'd you all feel about it? This is Cat and Mouse, Season Two, Episode Sixteen, for March 26, 2010. And I, I really dig this one. I think it might be a bit of an underrated gem in the season. So a lot of fun. And I'm so happy we have to talk about it. All right, let's get out of here, though. But remember, the best way to reach out to us, let me know your thoughts on the episode, uh, the episode of the podcast and the episode of the series. Reach out at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show at MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. And please be sure to like, subscribe, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. If possible or so inclined, Five-star reviews are the best and easiest way to help support the show. They help us defeat the algorithm, and they help us make sure that uh, Admiral Trench will not come back to haunt our dreams as a scary spider alien man. Uh, we, don't, we, don't want, we don't want him in our dreams. No, thank you. All right, let's, uh, what else I got to say? This is the Man of Vision Podcast. My name is Tom, Nargai Tom. Uh, we will be back very, very soon. I, I think as you hear this, we, we, we might be very, very close to the end of Star Wars The Bad Batch for Season 1. And I suspect we will have a lot to talk about with that. So stay tuned. Remember, it's, it's uh, Star Wars The Clone War Rewatch Mondays and Bad Batch Fridays here on the Mandavision Podcast. And once the Bad Batch ends and Season 2 of The Clone Wars ends, we're going to do a couple of special things here and there. We're going to kind of uh, break up the rewatch stuff and, and give you guys some special episodes uh, uh, highlighting certain characters and, and certain aspects of, the, of, the, of Star Wars that we haven't gotten to talk about because we've been so entrenched in the uh, Star Wars lore. Get, see what I did there? Entrenched. Admiral Trench, the stuff writes itself. It's so good. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Keep your buckets on. It's just safer that way. They're bringing the masks back. Uh, you might as well just keep the bucket on. It filters out everything. If you have the right bucket, it filters out everything. So practical and easy to use. Plus, you have a sweet T-shaped visor. You can't top it. All right. <laughs> let's get... Everyone stay safe. Be awesome to each other. Be rad. We will be back. And remember... Well, you don't have to remember, because I'm, I'm, I'm about to tell you. The podcast only ends one way. And this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.